The enemy hasn't been coy. He hasn't tried to hide the fact that he has been after your voice from the very beginning. He's tried to steal it from you, tried to get you to surrender it. He silenced you. And for such a time as this, women are called to take back their God-given voices. There is a God-given authority that's on your life that right now you need to claim in Jesus' name. This is not the moment to stay silent. This is not the moment to, to allow yourself to surrender your voice any longer. This is the time when you take back what God has rightfully given to you. The enemy doesn't have rights to your story and to your voice any longer. This broadcast is your moment to claim back your weapon for the kingdom of God, your voice. This broadcast is for the one who lost her voice. Welcome to For the One. I am Laura Dudek. I'm your host and your friend, hopefully, at this point. And today we're having a heart-to-heart. This is For the One Who Lost Her Voice. This message has been on my heart for about a week now, this specific topic. And I needed that confirmation from the Lord that he wanted me to do a broadcast for it. And Sunday at church, we got the confirmation. So I am charged up. This is that moment if I could grab your face and encourage you and like, oh, just release you into what God has, this would be that moment. So for the one who lost your voice, I'm assuming you feel like you've lost your voice. I don't know why you've lost your voice, but you find yourself in this conversation right now. (laughs) So we're going to go there. I'm going to share a little bit of my story, specific seasons when I felt like that and what that looked like. And I have some like charged up calls to action that I really feel like are invitations from Jesus to prepare you for what God has in this season and, and what's to come this year. So for the one who lost her voice, as I was praying for you today on my prayer walk, I was just asking the Lord, like, what do you have for this woman and who feels silenced? And what does that look like for her? What does that feel like? Why did her voice, why does she not have a voice right now? And the Lord really laid out these four scenarios so vividly, like pictures of what you've walked through that have brought you to this point. And so the first one was that it was this picture of of you being choked out. And so it was like the, the past hardships that you've walked through, whether it was pandemic related or family related, job related, ministry related church related there was this season when it was so it was so hard that it felt like a chokehold on you and it just kept coming with more and more pressure and with the pressure of like the enemy and situations like having you in that chokehold like those those hands around your your throat you were like I can't even get out a peep of hope or of scripture or of life I can't even declare the things that I want to because I feel like I I can't even get it out and so you've been you've had your voice literally stolen from you like the enemy hasn't been coy. He hasn't tried to hide it. It's just been, no, I'm just going to flat out try to choke it out of you because I don't even want the pressure in life to let up even just an ounce because if I do, then she'll be able to get something out. She won't be able to cry for help. She won't be able to to cry out to the Lord or to her friends because life is going to be that demanding that she's just going to go silent. And I feel like there's been this time 
recently when you're like, I wish like I, I wanted to say something, but I couldn't. Maybe you've said that recently where like, I wanted to say something. I wanted to send that text. I wanted to reach out. I wanted to say that thing to the to my small group or to my to my coworkers, but nothing came out. And it was just silence. And you feel like, man, life has just been so hard that I feel like my voice has just been stolen away from me. Maybe you feel like you've been silenced. And the, the picture was this um, pillow that was like over your face. And it was specifically the enemy, obviously, with with that pillow like over your face and you're you're talking and you're screaming like it was it was varying tones and volumes. And so sometimes we're, we're yells, but sometimes it was just talking and you're like, I feel like I'm just muffled and no one's hearing me. Like I'm saying it. I'm saying all the things and I'm I'm saying what's on my heart and I'm saying what God is is telling me and I'm saying it, but it's like nothing, <laughs> nothing is being heard. And so you feel like you're just silenced and you're, you're, you're muffled and it's closed in and you're just in this echo chamber, like you're just talking to yourself and, and you just don't understand, like, why am I saying all the things, but no one is hearing me and nothing is happening. Like I'm just silenced. Maybe you feel more like you've been in this season of darkness and we've talked about that for the woman who lost herself in the darkness. That was a previous episode. And for some of you, you've been in the darkness for a long time. So if you can imagine this dark room, you can't see an ounce of light and you have been screaming your lungs out. You've been crying for help. You've been, you've been calling out for a rescue, for support, to get a break, to get breakthrough. And you've been screaming so loud for so long that you actually now have like have laryngitis and your voice is strained. And you're like, I have gone through so much, so much darkness for such a long period of time. And I've been yelling and screaming like at God to help. I've been screaming at my friends for support. I've just been in this constant, this constant strain of just help me. Can I just get some breakthrough? And so now you're like, I don't have anything left. My, my spiritual tank is empty. I, I have no more uh, I have no more hope left. I have no more passion left. I have no more oomph left. I have no more um, drive left. I've got nothing to give because I now have spiritual laryngitis because I just spent the last X amount of time yelling my brains out. So now you go into this new season of trying to declare things, even at a whisper, and it ain't happening. You poured it all out. But the last place that you may find yourself in oof, is it a place of surrender. And by that, I mean that the enemy has been playing mind games with you to the point that he's gotten you to forfeit your own voice. He's gotten you to believe that the risk of saying something that might, may offend someone that may ruffle some feathers, that may not be praised 1,000%, is too much of a threat for you to actually say what God has told you to say. And so you stayed silent 
willingly, as a willing participant. And I, I feel like that's where a lot of women land because you know your authority. You know who you are. At times, you know what you're called to. And yet, for some reason, the enemy just plays these flipping mind games with you to make you believe that fear wins, shame wins, other people's opinions win, and therefore you should just lay it down and stay silent. In all of these cases, whether you feel like it's been stolen from you, you've been silenced, your voice is strained with laryngitis, or you've flat out surrendered it and forfeited it to the enemy, you still lost your voice and you still want it back. You're desperate to get it back. So for you, you're probably thinking like, okay, so what does it look like in my life then? You know, if I've lost my voice, what does that even mean? How do I get to the heart of it? And again, I felt like the Lord was saying, anytime you check with something else first, before you say what God has told you to say, it means you've lost it. So if you check with fear first, if you check with shame first, if you're looking around the room of people that you're in with the audience that is surrounding you and you think about their opinions or their reactions to you and you check with that before you say what God has told you to say in some form or fashion, you have lost your voice to varying degrees. But that's the exact voice that I'm talking about. It's the ability for you to say things that God has, has called you to without holding back. Maybe there's moments right now that you catch yourself because you have certain convictions, you have certain words, and you have values that are straight from the word of God, and you've swallowed it and not stood up for it. You haven't fully operated to protect those convictions or protect those words. You've held it back, and you just tried to stuff it down a little bit and not make it super well-known. Or maybe you say the thing where you're operating in your calling and you're going forth in what God has, but you're, you're doing it with an apology. And I've done this. I mean, I've, I've been preaching for many years now, and there have been moments when I find I've found myself going hard after who I am. Like I'll let my personality fully shine. I feel like I'm in the, the zone for how God has made me to preach. And then, it, and then I do this awkward sidestep backwards of like, oh, sorry guys, got a, little, got a little intense there, right? And I've caught myself because that's diminishing my voice. That's, that's surrendering my God-given authority and power as a preacher. So I don't know if you've caught yourself there where you're, you're saying it, but then you're doing it with an apology and, and a backpedal, right? I feel like there are some women who are called to be prayer warriors, intercessors. You're supposed to have gifts of discernment and to use them. But you've just been like putting it on the shelf and ignoring it. And specifically, those women who are prayer warriors and have the gift of discernment. I feel like you have pushed it to the side almost because it's been too painful and you haven't picked it up and you're like, well, why is it radio silent? Why don't I hear anything? Why don't I sense anything? And the Lord was like, you turned off that radio signal a long time ago. And so now you're like, well, I don't have anything to say. I don't have any passion that comes out of me. I don't have any scriptures that's coming out of me. And the Lord is like, well, you turned that off. 
How are you supposed to know what to say if you're not listening first? The Lord will not let up on this message that right now, the world needs our voice. As women of faith, they need our voice. Our voice is the weapon to declare God's word, to push back the darkness, to speak the kingdom, to protect and to create life. That all comes from our voice. And so it makes sense why the enemy would try to diminish that, squash it, steal it, get it, get us to surrender it, because that is the very activation of our faith. That is where we declare God's glory and also push back the darkness. That's why we cast out demons and also pray for our enemy. See, this is our tool, our weapon to harness. And as, as women of faith, we know that we have a mama bear inside of us, whether you are a mom, like a, a, a biological mother or a spiritual mother or learning to be a mother, there is, there is a, an authority that is rising up within you to protect and to preserve the kingdom of God, to make waves for the kingdom of God. That is what you are made to do. That is your mandate as a woman is to create life and to protect life out of love. And you do that through what you declare and what you speak. So the enemy has tried to silence you through hardship in life by getting you to believe that you're in an echo chamber that's dark and you're just screaming your brains out. And so he just thinks, okay, if I can just get her to wear herself out, finally, she's just going to give in and she's going to go in the corner and she's going to hide and she's never going to come back. But this is the moment when I want to call you out. I want to pull out that voice inside of you because it is there. And I feel like you felt it for a really long time and it's been bubbling up. Like, I think you know this. You know that there is a voice inside of you. You know that there are convictions and passions that have been laid dormant within you for even just a few months or a few weeks. And you're like, oh, it's coming, but I just don't know how. I, 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 I have a little bit of hesitation to say it or to do it. And I feel like now is the moment. Just do it. If the Lord is calling you to it, he will get you through it. But you have to start wielding your voice. When I lost my voice a few years back, I it was at a time that this transitional season for me when I had come out of my engagement. So we all remember, if you listened to an episode a few, a few weeks back uh, for the woman who was settling for less. And I talked about my engagement. It was very, very bad, very toxic. I was diminished as a woman to nothing. I, I did not feel like myself at all. But I knew who I was supposed to be. And I knew who God was calling me to be. And so there was that tension of knowing who I was called to be and wrestling that in my inner life because I had walked through such oppression and such a tumultuous season with my ex-fiance. So I was coming out of that and I started um, dating a new gentleman and which I, I don't believe that I should have been in that relationship, but say lovey, it, it was what it was. And there was a point that we had gone through a lot of struggles uh, because I was so broken and I had no confidence and I was trying to to preach and we talked about that on the podcast as well, how I knew I was supposed to be preaching about confidence and, and preaching about who we are in Christ, but also walking that out real time in my life. Can I get a little shout out if you've been there? You're like, I'm working this out as I'm also leading other women. Jesus help, right? And he noticed that tension and our relationship suffered because he often would play the role of counselor and I would be broken mess <laughs> trying to work through it. And that obviously was not a healthy dynamic in a relationship at all. Therefore, relationship did not work. But on our 
tail end of the relationship, I remember he had this conversation with me. We were on his back porch and I will remember it like it was yesterday. And he said to me, you aren't the same person in real life as you are in social media. And at that point, my social media was really just a place to declare God's goodness. I didn't really share a lot about my personal life um, because I saw it as my ministry. So I'm not going to share a lot of, at that time, I wasn't going to share a lot of the stuff that I was really working through because I was just processing. And it really rocked me, honestly. And I felt the weight of shame. I felt this heavy burden of like, you aren't who you say you are. And all the shame that comes with it of letting people down, being a fake, being a phony. And I felt awful. I felt sick to my stomach. And it was interesting because that fall, all the way through that winter, I started developing laryngitis. And I've never had this happen before. But every couple of weeks, I would lose my voice. And I, I literally couldn't get out a peep. And in fact, I met my husband and we had to talk on the phone long distance and I lost my voice the first time we were supposed to quote unquote talk on the phone. I was barely getting it out. And so like that was the first moment that we ever we ever talked. He fell in love with me, though. So it was great. So it didn't you know affect him here or there. And but there was this constant theme of me losing my voice. And I remember after a ministry meeting one day, I was with one of my really good friends. We were in the car. And because all holy moments really happen in the car. Can I get an amen? You're just like talking about life and it all just comes out. You're all crying. And that was that moment for me. So she's sitting in the back seat and I'm in the front seat. And she, we start talking about this laryngitis and what I've been experiencing and to this word that at that point, obviously my, my ex-boyfriend told me and my friend looks at me, you know, dead in the eye. And she was like, Laura, you let him take your voice. And it's not a him, it's the enemy, because what he said, I should have just been able to leave it and say, he said what he needed to say, and regardless if it's true or not, or how that plays out, I should have just been able to leave it. But I let the enemy use that to shame me into going completely radio silent. And I let that word, this is a common theme that I've had to work through in my life, of I had to, to process through the authority that I gave the enemy and saying, you have to now just shut up completely. You're not allowed to talk because you're a fake. You're not allowed to say anything because you're a phony. You're two different people. So who's who's to take you seriously at all? And it was a physical, I truly believe it was a physical representation of what was going on spiritually. That I had forfeited my voice in that season to a lie. To a lie. Fast forward, Sunday, we are having this beautifully organic meetup. There's about four of us in this in this room and three women and this gentleman. And this is like this year, right? So this is a couple days ago. And somehow this conversation of, of women rises up, like powerful women in the Lord and how they are setting this example. They're pioneers of faith. Like they are really the forerunners for this next move of God. Like just the, just the power of women as Christian leaders. And so we're talking about this and somehow this gentleman brings up that he thinks that women have lost their voices. He's like, the enemy has just flat out stolen it from them. He's just ripped it away. And women have not even known that he's done that. They've just allowed it to happen. 
willingly. So we're talking about this and I'm like, I, you know, again, had the flashback of like, okay, Lord, you keep talking to me about losing, losing our voices. And then I'm in the car and my husband turns to me and he always wants, you know, the, the 411 on like, okay, so what happened with Jesus today? <laughs> you were gone for the entire service. What happened? You know? And as I'm trying to tell him, I kid you not, I started losing my voice. Kid you not. And I stopped a couple of times because I'm like, I don't know what is going on. Like I literally am hoarse right now. I don't know what's going on. And he didn't understand what was going on. I, I knew all the context, but he was like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. I just kept saying, I don't know what's going on with my voice. I don't know what's going on with my voice. So we get we get home and I just start declaring over and over again. I'm like, enemy, you can't take my voice. This is not a sign. This is not something I'm accepting. Like this is my voice. My voice belongs to the Lord. It is not yours to take, enemy. I am a, I am a daughter of the Most High King. You cannot take my voice. This is not for you to, for you to take. Kid you not, my voice came back. It's insane. It is the craziest experience, but if there's ever a confirmation for this message, it is that. So I want to encourage you with three specific things, because this is where you need to rest and to practice getting your voice back. So the first thing that I felt like Jesus was saying was, number one, it is time for you to take back your authority, your God-given authority. Because whenever the enemy tries to take your voice, he's not just trying to take your voice. He knows that if he can take your voice, he can con you out of taking your God-given authority. I want to say that again. If he can take away your voice, he can con you into also taking your God-given authority. God has given you authority. It is his to bestow to you. And the enemy knows that. He knows that Jesus gave you the keys to the kingdom and he's trying to get you to forfeit it or he's trying to steal it away from you or silence you so you can't even use your authority. He's trying to squash you, keep you down, keep you silent. And he knows that you hold the authority at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, in the middle of the day, you have the authority. And he's trying to do whatever he can to try to get you to downplay that, if not surrender it completely. I love this scripture. We talk about this in Ruah and Ember all the time in our workshops. But Luke 10, 10 says, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are, fl- are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. He ends with, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And then again, the same idea is reiterated in Mark 16. 
In Mark 16, it says, he said to them, this is Jesus, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. That word drive out in Mark 16, when it says that they will drive out demons, is that word ekbalo. And it literally means to throw out. It's the picture of a nation that forcibly removes its enemies from its borders. See, that is what we are called to as believers and as women of faith. So many times I think we get this picture of the Proverbs 31 and she's meek and she's, she's timid and she's maybe shy and she's very frail. And that's not the picture that I get from the Ashet Kahil in the Proverbs 31, the woman of valor. She is made to drive out the darkness. You are made to cast out demons to set the captives free, to heal the sick, to to declare the gospel, to preach the good news, to trample on snakes and scorpions and not be harmed. That is what you are made to do. That is the God-given authority that Jesus says, I give it to you. And the enemy knows that. He knows that you are a force to be reckoned with. We all love that quote. I think it goes something like, Um, whenever I'm going to be that type of woman that when her feet hit the ground in the morning, the enemy goes running, something like that. We want that. That's something we, we long to be, that powerful woman of faith. You are that woman. You have that authority to drive out nations forcibly. That is the mama bear that is within you that knows that her kids need to be protected. That is, the, that is the entrepreneur in you who will not settle for anything less than kingdom integrity and character. You are a minister of the Lord and you will not settle for anything that is not a a full character of holiness and purity of the gospel. There is something that you are called to drive out the darkness, to fill it with light. And that happens with your God-given authority, which comes through your voice, through the declaration of your mouth. Scripture says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. That's Proverbs 18, 21. And whatever you say, whatever you speak, you'll eat its fruit, good or bad. See, what comes from your mouth is a declaration of life or death. And if we are called to drive out the darkness, that means that we have to speak life into death. We have to speak light into the darkness. That is your God-given authority. But your authority is also in your testimony. Revelation 12, 11 says that. It's by the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony. What did that defeat? It defeated the enemy. It cast him down to the earth. That's powerful. You have gained an authority in a history in your life. The enemy wants you to forget that. He wants you to forget what you've conquered. He wants you to forget that last season you conquered depression. Last season you conquered fear of, of not being provided for. You, can't, you conquered that fear of rejection and abandonment. You've conquered that sin. And you've rejected the lies of pornography, of that affair that you had. You have a testimony and a history with God. 
And the enemy would love for you to forget it. He would love for you to cast it out of your mind and to not even think that that gives you God-given authority to speak freedom and restoration where you have personally gained freedom and restoration. You have literally conquered behaviors and beliefs. You have walked out forgiveness and reconciliation where people have otherwise said that'll never happen. You've seen the Lord provide for you fishes and loaves financially, even real estate. And the enemy wants you to just forfeit that story and not think of it as valuable at all. And the Lord is whispering. I feel like he has been whispering for quite quite some time for you to share that story, for you to share how you overcame pornography, how you forgave that person, even though they really wronged you, to go back into church, even though you felt like they hurt you. There are these stories that you could tell around the fire that evoke something in us, a courage in us that you have not shared. And it's that moment. This is the year of embers when we would blow on the embers to start that fire again. And what better way than to start with our stories, to see the the goodness of the Lord and what he's done in your life. So you have a God-given authority to cast out the darkness, but you have a God-given authority that has been written within the, the pages of your personal history with him. You, so you need to claim those things back. Maybe you realize, oh my gosh, I totally forfeited that authority. I forfeited my voice and my, my history with the Lord. And I forfeited my God-given um, ability to cast out the darkness. Like I just, I forfeited it. And now is the moment when you claim it back. You rebuke the enemy, tell him to flee. He must flee if you declare that. And just declare, I take it back. That is mine. By the blood of of the lamb. It is mine. The second thing, so the first thing is that you need to claim back your authority. The second thing is that you need to find your message and your mission again. And maybe you are on the road to your mission. So I just got this picture of like, you're just like all happy-go-lucky, you know, you're just on your way to your calling. And then somehow it was like a sneak attack where the enemy, you know, he snuck up on you. And whether it was like choking you or putting you through hardships, uh, you know, the series of, of situations that you could walk through. But the enemy attacked and you've just been caught up in that battle. And now that you're, you're kind of coming to, you've totally forgotten where you were going. And it's that moment of like, okay, can I remember which direction I was heading in? Was it right? Was it left? Where, where was I going? Who was I in the process of that? What was I really good at as I was walking? And so there's this sense of who was I? Who am I? Who was God? Who is God? And what was I, what was I called to do? And what am I called to do? And I feel like the Lord is calling you back. He's reminding you, oh, this is where I was going. This is what I was called to. This is what I was passionate about. And I feel like the Lord needs to to tell you right now, like the calling didn't expire just because you got sidetracked for a moment, just because you lost your voice for a moment. It doesn't mean that the calling isn't there anymore. The admission has been expired. He's still prompting you to to walk that out in full obedience. The, The calling is still active. It is still alive. And he's reminding you in this moment because the thing is, is that you can't 
you you can't just shout for the for the sake of shouting. That's just chatter. It's just noise. So I don't feel like there's this sense of just saying things that are meaningless or just saying a lot of things. I feel like now, if you're going to shout, you have to have something to say. You have to have something that's powerful, an anthem, a war cry, a, a, a scripture, a promise that when you declare it, when you say it, it is succinct, it is articulate, and it is, it is powerful because it is a personal conviction of yours. And maybe you need to get back to that mission. You need to remember what God called you to and why you're passionate about it. You need to reconnect with the message that's been written in your life through your story. Because somehow in the survival mode of the last few years, even if you were just choked out or if you were silenced or if the, the enemy just stole it from you, in either, in any case, there's been this sense of like, well, who am I? What am I passionate about? Because I've just been in survival mode. And the Lord is like, you're not in survival mode anymore. Now it's time to think ahead of what I'm inviting you into. So remember your calling. Remember your message. Go back through your journals. Flip through the pages of your scripture and look where you've maybe highlighted or where you journaled out little notes or you've made date markers. Think of your story and remember your mission. Remember it. And put value on it. You need to remember where you were going and where you were heading. And then get moving. We talked even just a few weeks ago and for the one coming back home. And it was really that orphan mindset. A lot of women, I feel like right now, are going through that orphan mindset and they're struggling to trust the Lord. And it really begs the question for me in the orphan mindset is that questioning of who am I, who is God, and what has he called me to do? That is discipleship. Discipleship asks those three questions. And there's this sense that you've forgotten each of those things or a facet of one of those things. And because you've lost it, you've lost sight of it, you feel like you're, you're fumbling around trying to figure it out. You feel like, well, I don't have anything to say because I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't have anything to say because I don't even know God anymore. I don't have anything to say because I don't even know what I'm called to. So why would I say it? And the Lord is repeating back to you, you know who you are. You know it. You know who I am. We have history. You know what I've called you to do. Because you see those people in front of you every single day. You know your mission. You know that vision that's been on your heart for a long time. And I just feel like you need that wind in your sails that spark of joy again, that tenacity to come back, that warrior who's willing to go to the, end of the ends of the earth for the mission and the message that God has given you. So if you're going to find your voice, if you're going to claim back your voice, you need to have something to say. So you need to get with Jesus and ask him, who do you say I am? Who do you say I am and who are you calling me to be? What have you called me to do on this earth that only I can do? What are you filling my hands with that only I can protect and steward and care for? What is it that I'm called to bring life to and to, to take authority for? Because once you have that conviction that stirs up in you, there is nothing in the world that will take your voice, that will steal your voice, get you to forfeit your voice, because you know with a certain claim and authority that nothing will hold you back from straight obedience to your heavenly father. 
This is that moment. So the first thing is that you need to claim back your, your authority. The second is that you need to find your mission and your message again. The third is that you need to start training your voice. See, you've been out of commission, if you will. You've been on the, the sidelines on the bench, which, hey, shout out to the bench. I, I was on the bench for a long time with softball, okay? So I know the bench really, really well. But you've been out of, out of commission for a little bit. And the enemy would love you to believe that you just have to jump right in cold turkey to the deep end, to the hardest play in the game. And I feel like the Lord is so much more compassionate than that. He's not asking you to go cold turkey into the deep end. He's asking you to grow in your authority and to train up your voice for the long haul. This isn't about blowing out your, lo- your vocal cords and straining them because you try to go too hard too fast. This is about training them up to build that strength back. This is a season when you get to process your voice slowly. This isn't a season coming out of hardship where you're getting thrown right into the ring, into the deep end, tired, tapped out, and untrained. This is a point when you intentionally grow it with him. So what does that look like? For many, you just need to start praying out loud in your, in your prayer closet. You need to walk around your house or your neighborhood and just mutter under your breath prayers. You need to start declaring scriptures. You need to start just saying it at all. That is a, that is a training method. Because before you've been silent and haven't been saying anything. So it's that little step of faith of, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to start declaring the promises of God. I'm going to start speaking it out loud in the secret place when no one is watching me. There's no pressure. There's no eyes on me. There's nothing on the line. It's just me and Jesus, me getting my voice back little by little. And then you need to go into the step of faith with your friends in your small group, with the people that are safe. You need to start declaring what God has told you to say. Maybe it it means Stepping out in faith and saying the thing that you're like, ooh, normally I would check in with fear on this one, but God is telling me to say it and I'm going to say it. And just being obedient in that. Maybe at that point, there's a text you need to send or an email or a voice memo. I love voice memos. And you need to start just declaring, like for the women who are called to be intercessors and people of discernment, maybe there are things that the Lord starts telling you that you're like, ooh, that's weird. I can't do that. I can't say that. Ooh, I've got that idea for this person and I don't know if I should say it, but God is telling me to just be obedient. That's building a history with him. That's building your courage again. That's getting your voice back. That's saying, enemy, you can't have this anymore. I'm practically walking out, taking that back. So if he gives you a word for someone or if he gives you an idea for someone or a a word of advice or something or scripture, just say it. Just say it. Be faithful without delay. I think even about my, my current life and the story that Jesus has drawn me back from this place of extreme distrust and discouragement. And it's interesting because as he's been wooing my heart, I've seen my voice be trained up and it started in the secret place in January. It started in 
just coming back to him fully and completely, allowing that trust to be there, letting down defenses and walls, having that intimate prayer with him, starting to declare that in my secret place with him on prayer walks and like reestablishing that practice in my life and starting to really take hold of, okay, Jesus, it's you and me. Let's talk through this, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start practicing this. And then you fast forward even just a few weeks from that point, and I'm sitting in this meeting with all of these leaders in the Cleveland area, Christian leaders, and I was asked to pray for everybody. And I just did me. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to pray like I do in my, my secret place. It's wild. It's crazy. You all know how I pray. I just did that. I'm sobbing. It's a bunch of men in the room. And I'm just crying out to Jesus, right? Just being me. And afterwards, my friends who are in the meeting came to me and said that shifted everything in that room. There was a tangible shift in the presence of God and what was happening in that room when you prayed. We felt it. And that was a moment of me stepping out in faith because I had already worked it out in private. And so the public declaration of my voice was just purely who I am with just Jesus. And I feel like that same training is for you. You're not going out and just starting to declare shouting um, messages that the Lord has given you. This is about that training back of, okay, Jesus, who am I? Like, let's work that out because I know that the time will come when the stakes are high, when I have to just be who I am as, as an integrous woman. So you need to start training your voice. Be faithful in every step that he tells you to say something. So you have claim back your authority. Find your mission and your message again and start training your voice. And I want to end with this. So we're going to, we're going to pray. Don't you worry. But I was doing a little research on vocal cord training. I thought, okay, that could be really interesting, right? Let's see if there's any spiritual application to this. But I stumbled across this article and they said, if you want to grow your speaking, here are some tips. Here are some things. And I found three that I truly believe have spiritual application for us. And I found them super interesting. So the first, they're very simple. The first is to speak up. And they were saying so many speakers tend to look down, they mumble, they, they lack confidence. And so they're like whispering. And we all can imagine that picture, right? Like head down, you're kind of whispering to yourself. You can't really hear them, you know, like they're just kind of mumbling like this. But there's this, this change, this shift that happens when you roll back your shoulders, when your head is up, and when you speak clearly to people, not shouting at them, but you are clear and you are confident. And I want to declare that over you, that you are a woman of confidence. The enemy has tried to make you believe that you are not confident, that you are weak, that you belong in the corner, that you don't have anything valuable to say, that you are not enough, that you are dumb, that you are too smart, that no one is going to listen to you. And so it's affected your confidence where you stand there and you got your shoulders like slumped over, you're mumbling to yourself. And the Lord is like, I didn't call you to mumble. I called you to declare. I called you to declare. So I even in this moment, if that's a struggle of yours and you're like, man, yeah, I really struggle with confidence. I want you to just physically roll back your shoulders and put your head up, like put your chin up. And I even want you to ask Jesus, like, okay, Jesus, give me confidence. I cast out all of those lies that tell me that I shouldn't have confidence in what you've told me to say. And if you need help with that, I have a book called Hello, Love, we walk out confidence, God-given confidence from my personal story. And I think it could bless you. So if that's something you struggle with and you want help, check out Hello Love on my website, lauradudek.com. Second thing that's super interesting, enunciate. 
So essentially articulate your message, paying attention to every word that comes out of your mouth and really taking note of it. So many people just kind of like blur their words and it just comes out of nothing. But to be a good speaker, you have to just clearly and slowly articulate what the message is. And even in that, sometimes I think we talk too fast because we're trying to skip over what we're trying to say out of fear that people will hear it and won't know how to respond. And so we're afraid of that response. So we're just going to move really, really quick past it and not fully articulate the point. And there's power in the articulation of what God has. Sometimes it's the most simple of messages that have the most power-packed punch. So I want you to think about that in your life. How many times are you just breezing past what God is telling is telling you to say? You're not you're just trying to quickly get through it or you're just kind of mumbling through it where you're you're not speaking it with that confidence to really hit on what God is telling you to because you have that shame that holds you back from really allowing it to resonate with people. Letting it call out their convictions or the repentance or even the joy. So what does that look like for you to pay attention to the words that are coming out of your mouth, out of the mouth of the Lord to then clearly say what he's telling you to say? The third thing, the last thing, is to listen to yourself. And it's always funny because I've, at this point, recorded a lot of women in video and audio. And every single time when I play it back, every woman cringes. She's like, oh, I hate my voice. I can't, I can't listen to it. And I, I mean, I get it. I used to be like that. I used to think, oh my gosh, I sound like that. I sound so masculine, you know? And it, the Lord has brought me a far way. I love listening to my own voice now, not in a prideful way, but in a way that's like, yeah, that's Laura. Heck yeah. Right. But there's power and there's clarity in listening to your own voice. As a, from a speaker, a speaking perspective, you get to learn your little nuanced phrases that you say. You catch the filler words, you know, little pieces like that, little tidbits. But in the spiritual sense, there is something really powerful that happens when you listen to yourself preach, when you listen to yourself declaring the promises over your life. And there have been many times, even recently, I was watching some of my YouTube. I was giving Hudson a bottle. And I was like, oh, let's just watch myself. Let's do that. And it was actually the YouTube on look for women who lost their voice. This was years ago. I'll put it in the show notes if you want to go back and, and watch it. But I'm listening to myself minister. And there is a rule we talked about it in the last episode that when you say something, you believe yourself to the highest level. You trust yourself the most. So if you say it, you believe it. That is the highest authority. So it makes sense to me that if you are going to record yourself saying the promises of God, who you are in Christ, what you are made for, you will believe it. And it's reiterating those messages of what you are made for. That's how you can really internalize the message. So instead of listening to a million other voices in this season, maybe you need to record yourself and listen to yourself declaring your promises about your life. And I'm telling you, you will experience breakthrough in how you perceive yourself and what God has called you to do and who to be. Because you're going to start believing yourself. And you're going to find yourself saying things with such power and conviction that you're going to wow. You're going to wow yourself. So 
Speak up, enunciate, and listen to yourself. Do it. I want to hear the story. I want to hear the story of you recording yourself and a little audio can just be on your phone. It doesn't have to be this like, you know, crazy audio. Just record yourself praying and then listen back to yourself praying. Okay. I want to hear the stories. So I want to end this in prayer. We're going to go there. Are you ready for this? So if this resonates with you and you feel like, okay, Laura, I have lost my voice. It was stolen from me. I feel like it was silenced. It has been strained and gone. Or maybe you're realizing, oh my gosh, I can't believe I surrendered it to the enemy. I just forfeited it over. This prayer is for you. Because it is time for you to take back your God-given authority. Jesus, I thank you for the voices that you have given us. I thank you that you have made us to be women of authority and of power. Not in our own flesh, not because of our own pride, or because we are so awesome, but because you are so awesome. You literally took the keys from the enemy to give them to your believers. You gave us authority in your son's name, in Jesus' name. So Lord, we just accept that authority. We say yes and amen to that authority. May we walk in that authority. And Lord, I pray for this woman right in front of me. I'm picturing your face. Lord, I thank you that she is a woman that knows who she is. And I feel like there's just been this thing back and forth in your mind, like a ping pong ball. And it's not even like you've really intentionally not spoken up or not followed through on the commands that God has given you. It's because the enemy is going back and forth in your brain like a ping pong ball with these lies. And you've just been consumed by that game that's going on. And so you have this game playing in your mind constantly. And the enemy is like, man, if I can just keep getting her to follow that little white ball, I can get her to never step forward into what God has called her into. And so, Lord, we just declare that that ping pong ball must cease in Jesus's name. It must stop and fall and surrender to your name, Jesus. Whatever that lie is, whatever that back and forth of tension or a situation, or there's like players involved. I feel like there's a lot of players involved that you've, what you've walked through and you just keep going round and around. And they're like in this, almost like this trifecta, right? Of they're just like bouncing the ball in amongst themselves. And there's conversations that you keep replaying and there's situations you keep replaying. And there's things that have played out that you're like, I am just stuck in this game in my head. And I'm not even saying what I'm supposed to be saying right now because I'm just stuck in my own head. And so, Lord, we just declare that she has the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ in Jesus' name. Lies must fall. Situations must fall. Jesus, we pray for your shalom peace over her mind. She is not made for chaos. She is not made to be confused. She is not made to wallow in fear. She is made to stand firm in who you are. And I just see Jesus standing in the middle of like your empty head, right? And he's like this, I am, I am firm. And he's just standing still. And like he's just made it all cease. 
I even just now like feel that peace. Like I just feel it for you, like that peace of, okay, I don't have to worry. The game is done. Jesus won. Lord, we declare that this peace of mind will flow into what she says. Father, I pray that you would reconnect the wires of her heart and her head. Because I feel like there are stirrings in your heart. There has been a mission inside of you and a message that's been within you that has that's been longing to come out like a war cry, like a roar, like a lion's roar. And it hasn't been able to because it hasn't been connected to your head because your head's been busy. <laughs> You've been thinking a lot. And I feel like the Lord is like, I'm reconnecting that, your head and your heart, because once those get connected, you are going to light up and you are going to start saying the truth of what I have called you to say. You're going to start speaking scriptures that have been in your journal that you have been declaring for many, many years. And the Lord's like, now for such a time as this, it is it's a, de- a declaration to go forward. There's a mission on your life right now that the Lord is rising up in you and he is giving you prophetic clarity to go forward in it. And Jesus, I just declare that she has the words that are sweet as honey, but also clear as day. Words that are filled with truth and love, compassion and accountability. Lord, we just pray against this fear. So Lord, as she speaks what you have called her to, as you have given her like uh, just a, a profound courage, Lord, we, we pray against fear and shame. We pray against this, this filter, this blocker that she's had over her mouth that's just you know, taken away her ability to impact people, to impact culture and the, the the different lane, even like politics. Like I dare I say that, right? Like there are things that the Lord is like, I have called you to be influencers in these areas, in your community and in your local body. And you felt like you didn't have influence, but I am giving you a voice and I am opening up doors where there were not doors to be opened before. Like there wasn't even a door and the Lord is like, I'm opening it up. Like I am making a door and I am opening it for you. And it's just going to be by the power of your word to say what I've called you to say, that you would see the worth in your words because they are directly from me. That will be what guides your favor. And so Lord, I thank you for that, that you are giving her the words to say they are not from her. They are not from her own mind, from her own um, liking even. It's going to be straight from you, Jesus. We pray for that clarity, for that purity, Jesus, that she would be in the quiet place with you. And so the words that she speaks in public are a direct reflection of who she is with you in private. We pray that you would bless those private times with you. I pray that you would stir up her prayer warrior like you never have before. We pray that she would have an intercessor within her that rises up. We pray that you would have a contender that would rise something, um, that, that courage to protect and to preserve within her. We pray that you would raise up the nurturer, Lord, and the woman who speaks life and not death. We pray that she'd be a woman who speaks life to her friends, that shuts down gossip, that shuts down jealousy, that shuts down competition. And Lord, she is a woman that is made for um, fierce clarity. Jesus, we thank you that her voice is being reinstated to full authority. Reminder of her story, Jesus. There are parts of your story that you deemed worthless because they were too shameful. It was too much of a jarring black and white. You were like, man, I really acted like that. And Jesus released me. And I feel like the Lord is like, there is no black and white in the kingdom of God except all redemption. So speak my redemption. We thank you for that, Jesus. We release the power of the lies that have been holding on like a little grip, like a little vice um, on her voice. There's just been these lies that have been clamped down on it. And Lord, we release her from those lies. We pray that you will um, bring those lies to the forefront of her mind. And may she release it by your grace. 
by your blood. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one that gives us something to say. You are restoring the voices of women for this generation. May we go forth as the warriors that you have called us to be. This woman is a warrior. She's a prayer warrior. She's a protector. She has ideas, compassion, a strength that many would say comes out of nowhere in a good way. She has resolve. She has something to say. And it is worthy of being listened to. Jesus, we stand in full authority that these are the voices you have given us. The enemy has no right to take it in Jesus' name. Her voice, your voice, does not belong to the enemy. And the enemy thought he had it for a little while there, but you are taking it back. And I want you to say that out loud. I take back my voice. I don't care if you're with other people right now. (laughs) Say it. If you have to just whisper it, say it. I take back my voice. I take back my story. I take back my confidence. I take back my mission and my message. I push back the darkness because that is what I am made to do. And I will do that by the power of my testimony. I will do that because that is in my DNA as a child of God. I thank you, Jesus, that you are restoring voices that have been lost. You are equipping and training voices to be to their full authority, to their fullest measure. And you are raising up this woman to be a powerhouse of change for your kingdom. We thank you and we praise you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. So that was for the one who lost her voice. I pray it blessed you. I pray it was that wind in your sails. And if you were blessed by this, if it impacted you, I would love to hear. If you would direct message me or even better, if you would leave a review on the podcast, leave some stars, I would really appreciate that. It helps get the message out even more. Or if you would share this with a friend, like this is that's the power of word of mouth is to just send this as a text like hey just check this out because maybe she really needs this maybe she's been feeling that she's lost her voice for some time and she just needed the word of of affirmation of confirmation to let her know yeah this is a thing this is this is a struggle and you need to confront it and you need to take authority of it so if you would send that over to a friend rate review i would so appreciate it i love spending time with you guys every single week i will talk to you again soon bye